What's up, everybody? So, so I just thought about this. And I, I, I just thought about this, and I realized that I could do an episode on this. Uh, maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't work. But it's something that I want to do. So, in this episode, what I'm going to try to attempt to show you is... Uh, how cognitive biases work experientially. Um, we're not going to go into too much detail about what bias, cognitive biases are. Um, but like, there's this idea within bias, the ideas of bias that like everybody is biased in certain ways. Like, you know, like confirmation bias is the bias of um, choosing things that serve your particular worldview or story but denying things that don't things like this right and I could go into all kinds of nerdy science and neurological understandings of heuristics and reasoning and all this stuff but what I thought I would do would be a lot easier to do and understand because it it's Something that literally is counterintuitive to see because literally it requires going beyond your own experience to understand, which you can't really do. Then it made me realize, like, oh, wait a second. That's that's it. That's the entire enchilada right there. So I thought I would start with this. Some basic understandings, basic principles to get us started with this idea of like, what is bias? What does it mean to be biased? Why does bias exist without going into selfishness and without going into heuristics and without going into biology and neurology and uh, evolution and, and all this stuff? Because that's what most people do when they talk about bias. They talk about it in, in senses of like heuristics and like anchoring bias and all these different biases. And it's like, I mean, that's interesting and important, but that's like if you if you haven't really seen that in your experience, you do this consciously. You don't really know what the fuck they're talking about. And so I figured I'd start with this. Some basic principles to get us started here. Basically one basic principle, which is all you can know is what you've experienced, slash know. You cannot necessarily know or experience something that you haven't yourself known or experienced. Uh. Um... You know, for instance, you may you you won't necessarily know Chinese unless you have studied Chinese, right? Things like this, and so because of this very fact of experience, this very truthful understanding of experience, this creates its own set of biases. And it's not because you're wrong. It's not because you're bad or dumb or ignorant or all this stuff. It's because this is what you know. This is what you've grown up with. This is your life and your attempt to understand what is happening in life. And that's all you have. 
You don't have anybody else's understandings of life. You don't have anybody else's experiences of life. Um, anybody else's story of life. I mean, they can tell you certain things, but... You know, without their context that created the understanding that they're now trying to tell it to you, you're not getting, you're not going to get anything from that interaction. In fact, you're probably going to be like, no, this is stupid. What you're, what you're saying is just dumb and things like this, right? It's one of the reasons why a scientifically minded person will look at a spiritual person who's like stage green or stage turquoise or whatever and go like, oh, this person is so dumb. He's just an idiot. He's superstitious, all stuff without realizing what's happening, right? This is this is exactly what's causing this. Um, and so, you can only know what you know, what you yourself know. You cannot know what another is knowing or experiencing. You can only know what you know. And because that is true, that is itself bias. So therefore, you cannot avoid bias. Ta-da! Um, so, if you're raised in a certain household, for instance, that believes in religion or whatever, like a certain religion, and you, you don't know necessarily anything else, you would look at an atheist and go like, what are you talking about? You're dumb. This kind of thing. Because you understand your religion, you understand your God, things like this. Right? Um, and you may even very, very be extremely within that situation, extremely stayed blue extremely dogmatic with that because that is everything to you right that's that's not something to to scoff at within yourself and so because of that like you might even see somebody who is spiritual but isn't your traditional religion and go this is dumb if you're dumb you're, you're you don't know what the hell you're talking about right because you don't know where they're coming from you don't know their context you don't know what's happening you don't know what they're experiencing all you can know is your experience, right? Um, there's this illusion that we have within society and uh, science and everything else called objectivity. But objectivity doesn't really exist, right? You know, you can take a group of people and ask them, like, what do you see here? And it, they're, they're seeing a tree and they say, oh, I see a tree or whatever. But that doesn't necessarily make it objective. You know, if you're measuring something with a scientific instrument, what are you seeing that instrument with? What are you seeing the uh, information the instrument is delivering to you with? You're seeing it with your subjective experience. So this idea of like objective reality is just like not real. Or at the very least, not necessarily not real, but something that you can't necessarily know. And because you can't know it, you are biased. That's how it works. This is how it all works. This is how it all fits together. So, now I want to um, dispense with all the theory that we just went over here and try to give you some experiential evidence and, and data of this. Right. 
So sit down comfortable if you're if you're in a situation where you have to like do other things you pause this episode and come back because this is going to be a little bit of a uh this might be a bit of a challenge to do i'm still not sure what i'm going to do with the uh, experiencing thing i'm just going to have to wing it i guess but um so if you need to pause this video go do go finish what you're doing or do something or whatever it is right or get a drink whatever you might need and then let's begin so get comfortable but be alert become aware notice what's happening around you right notice everything so now that you're noticing things can you Think of, conceptually or experientially, an experience of nothing itself. Absolutely nothing. No sounds, no sights, no smells, no sensations in the body or outside the body. Things like this. Just absolutely nothing. So, I think you're going to probably say no. Maybe, like, conceptually you might be able to, like, understand the idea. But, like, you're never going to be able to experience that. And so, you're never going to be able to understand that. Um, right? So, if you are, well, if you are a certain gender, I won't say a male or female, but, like, let's say you're a certain gender, um... Uh, let's, for the sake of argument, say that you're a binary gender. If you're non-binary, we'll get to that in a minute, but like, say you're a binary gender, like male or female. Whatever gender you are, can you experience the opposite gender right now? Are you able to experience what it would be like to be the opposite gender? Right? Because... Um, we we like to talk about like we have to try to understand the other genders and things like this, but like can we experience what it's like to be those genders? Uh so you're probably gonna be like no, right? So if you're non binary, this is this is similar, right? Like can if you're non binary, can you experience yourself being binary? Absolutely binary. Probably not, right? Maybe you you thought you were at one point. That's a bit different because there's a little bit more of a nuance going on there. But like things like this, right? So start with some other experiences. So if you have a pet, whether it be a dog or a cat, can you experience yourself being this dog or cat? In other words, do you know what it feels like to be a dog or cat? Um, so I'm pretty sure you're going to say no, right? Most people would say no. Um, and we can go into telepathy and that kind of stuff with that. 
most people don't really necessarily have access to the uh, to telepathy anyway, so that doesn't necessarily apply to most people. But like, even if you do, are you fully that dog or cat, or are you experiencing the dog or cat from the current experience that you are experiencing from yourself, from your point of view of yourself, right? And that's where the, the difference is. So the other element of this is, can you experience uh, I'm trying to think of something else here because we're, we're getting into deep territory here and this can get very complex and we're trying I'm trying not to do that with this one because it's just basically practice based which is basically trying to help you to become aware of bias become aware of how bias you know forms why it exists what it looks like and why it exists um, and those are some basic ways of figuring this out, right? And, you know, if you look at, like, the structure of an idea, oftentimes what I've found is that, like, if you haven't experienced what the idea is talking about in consciousness, within awareness itself, within your own attention, by paying attention to yourself or whatever, you probably will not understand this idea or agree with the idea or both. Because to truly understand something, you almost have to like experience it. And so you can conceptualize the idea of nothingness. But typically speaking, when you try to understand it you understand it in the sense of like empty space you can't necessarily just generally think of nothingness as absolutely nothing no space no nothing it just doesn't necessarily compute within your brain because you haven't experienced that necessarily and so because of this you don't necessarily know what that even means i mean what does that mean right and so, like, if a Buddhism person tells you, like, become aware of the emptiness, like, what does that mean? Nobody, you don't know what that means unless you've experienced that in some way, right? Um, same thing with enlightenment. Like, if you haven't experienced enlightenment, you don't know what the fuck they're talking about. You're, you might even think they're stupid. You, you might think the ideas sound cool. You might think the ideas might be something to attain. You know, enlightenment is something to attain or whatever. But, like, you don't understand it. You can't because you haven't experienced it. You might be able to kind of see the idea conceptually. But even when you do that, even when you can understand something conceptually in that way without experiencing it, there's still something missing. And that thing that, that's missing, when it's missing, it creates you know less understand. You can still understand it, but you don't understand it uh, fully, right? Like, you know what an apple feels like. Like, if you've hold, held an apple, you know what an apple is. Uh, you don't have it to have anybody explain to you what an apple is. Um, you know, if you look at an orange, you, you don't have to look to some philosopher to ask the question, like, what is an orange? You know, we can look at its qualities and we can look at what it is. And that's interesting information, but like, 
this the experience itself is there like we don't have to like it conceptualize it in some way except maybe to use the phrase orange the word orange we know that we know what orange is we know what it means right and so if you let's let's kind of keep going with some of these experiences if you are so this this may not apply depending on what, what when you were born or when you were blind if you're blind uh, and you're listening to this but like if you were born blind try to experience color um right so another one is if you're sighted try to experience living life while blind um now you now the caveat to this is I don't want you to try to blindfold yourself or anything like this. I want you to have your eyes open fully when you're doing this because that's going to contradict what you're conceptually understanding. Hence, conflict, right? Because you understand something, you experience something, but somebody else experiences something different, understands it in a different way. But because you experience it slash understand it or both in this way that you you do in particular, you can't experience it slash understand it in the way that they do unless maybe something happens. Maybe an insight happens and bang. Oh, I see what you mean, right? That's kind of thing. Um, so <laughs> this is kind of radical actually because you know, like nobody tells you, nobody gives you this idea, this uh version of like bias and stuff and there's there's some things that are missing here um, you know I'm, i know some people might nitpick and be like well no david bias is something different and like there's these different biases that you haven't brought up brought up and stuff like this but like i'm not trying to give you ten thousand details about what biases are and what types of biases exist and things like this i'm just trying to help you to understand what it is experientially um, and why it exists, what what it is, how it works, why it exists, what is causing it. Um, so, I think the last thing I'm going to add to this is where we get into the complex part of this, because, and you won't probably will not be able to see this, for unless you have seen this already but like or unless you become aware of it later by becoming self-aware and this kind of stuff but like one of the things I've become very aware of over the past few years is that of this is the structure of ideas how ideas are formed what that looks like and you might think that's actually a really simple process of like, oh, yeah, you know, this is a dog, this is a cat, and uh, things like this. And while that is so, sort of true, there's actually a lot more that goes into it, especially when it comes to more complex ideas like freedom, order, law, uh, justice, love, whatever it is, right? And these kind of, these ideas. Because what's freaky is that there, you could actually 
have an idea right now, and, and there are many ideas like this, that 100 years ago, 200 years ago, 300 years ago, or more, whatever, that idea never existed at all. You could have, you could, you can understand something now that we understand that's now very common, and it's very accepted, and we we understand it fully, and it's it's very much uh, understood and experienced and agreed upon by most people. But but two, three, four hundred years ago, even less sometimes, one hundred years ago, fifty years ago, twenty years ago, sometimes. Um, that understanding, that idea wasn't there at all. It never existed. So try to experience that. Like, think of an idea. Think of, like, uh, a, a specific idea that you're you're interested in, right? Um, a lot of people like to talk about chat TPT and Internet 3.0 and all this kind of stuff. That didn't sit, exist 300 years ago. The internet didn't exist 300 years ago. That's an obvious example. But there's less obvious examples. Um, you know, the idea that, like, the of the un- unconscious, as far as the mind is concerned, was actually something that really wasn't even a thing until 100 years ago, right? The idea of, like, the scientific method wasn't a thing until... 100 years ago, 200 years ago. And so, like, these kinds of things. They're obvious in hindsight, but in the, uh, you know, the origins of the species, right, the idea of uh, evolution. You know, at the time, I think, actually, this is a bit of a misnomer, but, like, at the time, it's, uh, it wasn't really a thing, right? Like, most people didn't believe it if it did exist or didn't know that the idea existed, at all, and so the idea didn't exist for them. Right? There's this idea within empiricism, which is like where, basically, what the idea is is that you can only really know what you know, what you experience. Right? You can't know what another person is thinking, understanding, experiencing, and so because of this fact, there is a kind of situation of a problem that happens where you kind of wonder like you know is there actually another person you know there's there's an idea within solipsism called the problem of other minds right because you don't experience other minds you experience your mind you experience yourself but you don't experience another person's self uh you experience the selves within yourself but you don't experience other people's selves and so how do you know that those selves are true or things like this? Um, of course, if you do not understand that, if you do not see that because you don't experience it or you don't ex- see yourself experiencing it because you're not aware of it in an attention-based way, you will look at that and go like, oh, that's so dumb. Right? You know, like you, you could imagine... If you're, like, religious, you could imagine, like, being in a situation in your life where you're born into a family that was never religious and maybe even was atheistic, right? But you can't experience that. And so that creates its own set of biases. It creates its own set of uh, judgments and its own set of um, conclusions 
and it creates the story that you're telling yourself and the, so that you're that you're using to try to make sense of the world and things like this right and so you're experiencing what your experience is that is uh shape your, your what you understand i mean it goes much deeper than this too but uh it takes a lot of effort to explain it because like when you look at an idea right typically speaking you see the idea already fully formed because it's already fully formed but What's really freaky is that if you start to deconstruct any idea, you can start to see the sh- the steps that created the idea, the, the steps of the idea, um, you know, things like this. The, the idea that we all are, are standing on the shoulders of giants, right? Like, we have things nowadays like medicine and science and stuff like this. But do you know how that works, right? Or if you are taking classes on science or medicine... You didn't invent science or medicine. You didn't invent the things that you're now studying. And so you're, what this, basic, this phrase basically means, you're standing on the shoulders of giants, is that you are standing in a civilization that was already pre-made before you were born. Um, and the same thing is true for ideas. And so when you get an idea, that idea follows another idea follows another idea kind of thing it's it's uh, not completely linear but like the process is similar it's freaky but if you don't see that you can't believe that um you know people say that believing is seeing or seeing is believing that is i forget what it is actually <laughs> is it seeing is believing or is it believing is seeing um like you have to see something to believe it, and that is actually true. Some people say you have to believe something to see it, like in the sense of like law of attraction. But that's not necessarily how the mind works. Like you can know of the concept called money. You may have even touched money, but can you know of the concept of getting money? Now, if you don't have it with you, if you don't have any money at all in your wallet or whatever, right? Or if you have no access to it, whatever it is. No, probably not. You have to, like, see yourself getting it in some way. You have to, like, get it, this kind of thing. Um, this, This is very deep, very quickly, very convoluted, but the basics is simple. You know, you have your life, you have your experiences, you have all these things, and those are all you can know. You can't know another person's experience. You can't know another person's understandings. You might be able, they might be able to tell you (coughs) what they understand and stuff like this, but, um... You know, you can't necessarily know what those understandings are. Because typically speaking, what I've found is, what I've noticed, and I'm, I'm sure I'm guilty of this as well, is that the the understanding that somebody gives you is not fully packaged, or it's not fully there. Um, there's a lot of implicit assumptions that come with this understanding. There's a lot of context that is often missing when it comes to the understanding. 
Um, you know, like, for instance, if you've never seen a dog, or if you've never heard of a dog, if you hear, hear the phrase, I saw a dog today, you you don't have a frame of reference to understand what that means. You have no context to judge what that phrase means. And so you as a person hearing this phrase, I saw a dog today, you go, you go, what are you talking about? Dogs don't exist. What is a dog? You know, or, and, or you could say, what is a dog to start off with? And the person's like, a dog is this, right? And you go, no, that's, that's wrong. Dogs don't exist. And the other person's going, what are you talking about? You know, dogs do exist. I've seen a dog. And in that situation, you can kind of show the person and you can, and the person can go, oh, okay, I guess the dogs do exist, you know, whatever. But like, there's a lot of things where you can't necessarily do that in the same way. Like it takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot of uh, deconstructing and awareness uh, strengthening to see certain things like biases and heuristics and reasoning and stuff like this as, as it's working. Uh, so another example is flat earth theories. You know, a lot of people like to make fun of flat earthers and they're like, oh, flat earthers are so dumb, this kind of thing. But like, you you looking around right now, you, you walking around on the earth, it doesn't feel like there's a curve. It feels flat. It looks flat. I mean, I don't know what it looks like. I can't see it. But, like, I mean, you, you have a vision. If you have vision, you, you, you know it looks flat unless you're looking at, like, a mountain or something. And so it's it's easy to then assume at that point that the Earth is flat. Because it looks flat. It doesn't mean it is, but it looks flat. Um... And so you have a frame of reference that says the Earth is flat. And so, if, like, let's say you you uh, come across somebody. Let's say you, for some reason you traveled back in time to a time where they didn't believe the Earth is round. They didn't see this idea. And you somehow were able to understand every every word they were saying. You had some kind of universal translator or something because, you know, they're going to be speaking different languages. But, like... Let's say that this happens, and they tell you about this flat earth. You, coming from the culture that you come from, coming from the knowledge base that you have, in your own head is going to listen to that. And most of us will listen to that and go, no, that's wrong, that's dumb, you know, whatever. Um, but that's coming from what you can see, what you can experience. You have a completely different frame of reference. You can see the Earth from space, from with pictures and things like this, and you have the belief in science to to back it up, and science tells you the Earth is not flat. Things like this, right? Uh, you know, a lot of atheists are like, "No, David, it's not a belief in science. It is kind of a belief. It's not necessarily a belief in like a traditional sense of like no evidence to back it up." There is there is evidence, perhaps, but like it, it's still a belief. It's still a sort of frame of reference, um, in that way. 
whether you call it a belief or not, right? It's coming from a different understanding, which we can get into in other episodes, but... Um, and so you listening to this person who's saying the earth is flat, right? You're going, no, you're dumb. You're wrong. You know, whatever. That doesn't make any sense. Because you have a completely different philosophical knowledge base. Now, this is this is why you can't really avoid philosophy because there's a lot that goes into the, the understandings that you have that you, you aren't seeing that are kind of behind the scenes. Um, and so the idea that, like, we live in a material universe and that there's only physicality and there's no spirit or soul or God or anything like this kind of permeates throughout culture, especially if you're an atheistic mind person and things like this. And so you can see that, but that creates its own set of metaphysics. It creates its own set of philosophies, uh, things like this, uh, that you're not aware of that's, that's controlling your life and controlling what you're literally seeing right now and what you're literally able to see right now, unless you're able to try, find a way of going beyond this, right? So... Another difference is you're going to see between you and this other person. This other person might believe in different kind of gods. Might believe in like the idea that like spirits are everywhere. Like there's a spirit in my bed. There's a spirit on the and that's in the in the floor in this uh, tree here. Whatever it is, right? And you are listening to that. You're going. That's dumb. That doesn't make any sense. You're dumb because you're coming from a completely different frame of reference completely different knowledge base, a completely different culture with completely different cultural biases because those biases are coming from uh, experiences from sides that at the time when they actually showed up, when they first came out, these ideas, like the idea of like the earth uh, revolves around the sun was, or the, the sun, what was it? No, no, the earth that idea that the earth revolves around the sun was revolutionary at the time, and you know, the that idea was scorned by most people probably because of the religious uh, connotations. You know, they they believed in Ptolemaic theory of the universe, right? But now us looking back, we're going, oh, that was that's that's so dumb. Why did they think that? Well, they thought that because that's what they were raised in. That's their experience. That's what they were born into. And that's what they are. Um, raised into kind of thing, right? Of course, you, from this perspective, you can't see that right now. Unless you find a way of kind of experientially speaking, looking back. And noticing the beginning stages of your understanding of the world. Um, of course, oftentimes that a lot of that got kind of gets forgotten because of the nature of you know understanding. You know, we understand something and then we forget the means uh, which created the understanding in the first place, unless you start to become aware of what's happening when you're understanding something and you go, Oh, that's really interesting that we're, this is what's causing understanding in the first place. Um, and so 
the truth of the matter is, is that we're all biased in some way. And, you know, you may or may not be able to see this right now. Uh, but you can start to get the starting point of this. You can start to sort of see the small elements of this by just basically doing those small experiences, experiments that we just did in the beginning, a part of this episode. But it's really, it's really fundamental to uh, kind of understand it in this way because it, it kind of puts a new, uh, puts this whole bias thing in a different kind of light. You know, because, you know, usually speaking, when people talk about bias, they don't really talk about it in this kind of way. But I think this is more useful to do it this way because you're going with your own experience now. You're going with what is rather than like going against what is and going against what seems to be at least and saying, oh, this is bias and this is how it works and all these different heuristics and stuff like this that you're dealing with. You, know, you can't necessarily see that right now unless you start becoming aware if you can start to see that you know that kind of thing maybe you then at that point you can start to understand what's happening and go oh oh that's what he's talking about but if you can't see that you can't see that there's something you can do to understand it at that point um Uh, so, so yeah, that's basically the episode in a nutshell. I mean, it was longer than it was originally intended to be, but, uh, I mean, it, it works out, I guess. So, anyways, hope you enjoyed this episode. It is kind of long. I might do a deeper episode on this in the future, but we'll see how that goes. And I'll talk to you on the next one, whenever that is, whenever that's going to be.